You're listening to Smart Businesses Do This. And in this episode, I talk to LinkedIn expert Joshua B. Lee. Find out exactly how you should be setting up your profile and pictures and what kind of content you need to create to boost elusive SSI scores on LinkedIn. This episode is a must for you if you want to grow your business with LinkedIn. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Today, I am joined with my good friend, and one of the world's leading LinkedIn experts, Joshua Lee. What's up, Joshua? Oh, Adam, man. It's a Monday. I'm happy. I'm talking to you. Life is good. (laughs) What I love about you, man, is you have been successful multiple times in multiple different businesses. But perhaps the thing that I'm really most impressed with right now is you are like the consultant to all of the world's top internet marketers, right? You've got from Jay Abraham, to, I don't know, who are the other guys you've got? There's a whole bunch. My name went blank as I was doing this. I was like, I can't remember the other guys. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Joe Polish, uh, Dan Sullivan, Damian Zamora, Adam Lyons. <laughs> right. And these, I mean, you just listed some of the internet's greatest marketers, like one after the other. Exactly. All leading up to the last one, which was the best. Yeah. <laughs> I love you so much, man. All right. So, so obviously anyone listening to this today is going to realize that we're actually good friends beyond this which is why you know, I'm so stoked to have you here. But you know, something you're really good at is you can help anybody not only advance their reach via LinkedIn, but also use it to, you know, to become an influencer, to generate more sales, to grow their business. Could you maybe talk a little bit about you know, how you discovered that, why you're a big fan of LinkedIn, and, and you know, a little bit about you know, your story with LinkedIn? Yeah, man, of course. It's those things, right? I mean, all the things that you just mentioned are not so much around algorithms and platforms, right? So one of the biggest things that I've learned and be able to help these individuals is overall, I'm not trying to game an algorithm. I'm not trying to come up with a new product or service that someone's got to really rebuy or adjust um, in six months. It's more going in and looking at, at the human beings on how they actually connect and engage online. And that's kind of why it doesn't matter what vehicle or platform or, you know, vertical that you're kind of working in the clients that I get to work with is because I'm truly teaching, well, in this most cases, marketers how to be human online again. And it's just being able to adjust and just remind them on how like you and I are having a conversation now, we've forgotten to be able how to be able to do that online. And being able to really provide them these skills and go, look, let's just adjust. Don't speak at people, connect with them, engage, have conversational writing, which will then people will go, oh, wow, let me respond to this because I'm not getting talked at. Okay. So that's what we've really been able to do on LinkedIn on a platform where so many people are just speaking at, pitching, spamming, selling. It's like, how do we be the unicorn? Let's start with appreciation. Let's go in and look at the human condition on how it is online. And let's appreciate people for these little things that we've forgotten through our, all the automation, all the art marketing, all of the, the B2B to B2C. And let's go 100% H to H, human to human. I love that. And I think that's why you're so appealing to these experts, like, you know, the Dan Sullivan's and Jay Abrams of the world. One of the big things that I love about this is 
I find that when it comes to any kind of social media platform, you've got your early adopters and then you've got the followers. And it's the early adopters that end up being the big influencers, you know, the ones that are the most successful. And you were not only an early adopter of LinkedIn, but you became a, a master of it very quickly. And I think that speaks volumes and is why so many of these experts are reaching out to you because they understand the power of being an early adopter. Because if you can dominate the new platform before anyone else, then, you know, everyone's going to end up following it and coming to you. And the only risk is whether you believe this platform is going to work. But LinkedIn isn't really a risk because not only is it backed by one of the largest companies in the world, but it also is a place that has some of the most affluent and influential people already. But yet the masses haven't come yet. The masses are still fighting over Facebook, not realizing that Instagram is already where it's at. And actually LinkedIn is secretly where it's at. Well, and that's the thing, right? The masses are have tried to come before. I mean, look, when I first started it, I was in a different space. Like you said, I've had many different successes in different careers um, in different verticals. I've had a lot of failures too, right? <laughs> Let's just be 100% real. I, I haven't had been successful in my life. I, each time I have success, there's always you know, a downside and upside. And it's just being able in our world, starting companies, you've had the same stuff, right? I mean, but on LinkedIn, like I, some of the stuff I did, I was in the online advertising. So I went in early, many, many years ago not even realizing originally what the opportunity was. And I would manipulate traffic. I would promote articles and then help people get views. It was like, oh, let me get you an article. If someone sees an article that has 30,000, 40,000 views where people aren't getting that, then you can actually become that influencer in the space. Like, oh, look at me. I've got 40,000 articles. You should... Did you read my article? No? Oh, man. But learning from that, that was great. But again, I was selling people. I wasn't engaging and connecting and educating individuals. And I didn't like that. And that's kind of where I made that shift with what I do now. It's all about really kind of engaging with the audience, connecting, educating, never selling. Because I'd rather help my clients and myself on a platform like it is right now, build advocacy. So many people like with the masses, they're getting all these other quote unquote LinkedIn experts. I, I saw one the other day, he hit me up with a message and I, I, I responded, I said, dude, you're sending mass messages. I call it spam. You know, a year ago, you were, I think, I think this guy was selling insurance and now he's a LinkedIn expert. And so that's where the masses are really getting thrown off at them is because of the fact that they're getting these guys coming in. They're like, I'm going to teach you automation. I'm going to teach you how to be able to pitch to a thousand people and hope to get that one sale. And it's okay if you piss off 999 people, you got that one sale. And so that kind of really throws people off, but the influencers are going, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to connect, engage, and educate on a platform and be different. And that's where we help our clients too. I love this. I'm going to share a little personal story that I think is relating to this. I run a number of Facebook groups where, you know, I communicate with potential clients before they sign up. And I received a number of complaints from one of my best Facebook groups from people saying, hey, there's a guy who's spamming us. And so I reach out to the guy privately and it turns out that he has paid $5,000 to learn how to steal clients from groups. And apparently he was a big fan of mine. So he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. This wasn't my intention. Um, I can't believe people complained. I feel so bad. And I was like, dude, I was like, why don't you just sign up with my other company and let us teach you how to be a real influencer, how to, you know, generate good content, and make sales from it. And he was like, look, I, I like the idea of it. He's like, but I've been so successful doing it my way that I want to keep doing it. And I said, okay, I just want to challenge you for a second could you just define success for me? Let's just put this in numbers. How much money have you made and how long have you been doing it? And he's like, dude, 
I've made $10,000 doing this and I've only been doing it for four months. And I was like, okay. I was like, but have you ever thought about dividing 10,000 by four months to see what your monthly salary is? And he's like, well, I'd never thought of that before. I was like, bro, because you're only making two and a half grand a month. And I was like, and while that may sound good, let me just ask you, how many hours a week are you working on this? And he goes, we don't understand. I love it. I love what I do. I'm like, okay, I get it. How many hours? And he's like, well, I'm probably spending 12 hours a day, six days a week. And so I'm like, dude, are you aware the amount of money you're working for? It's really not that impressive, right? Like if you think about it, you know, you're averaging maybe 10 bucks an hour doing that. And there are so many other jobs that would pay you more than 10 bucks an hour if you just did the other job. But more importantly, you're destroying your brand. Like people are complaining about you. They're going to remember that as you try and build and scale if you ever want to earn more than $10 an hour. And that's what they're looking for, Adam, right? I mean, they're okay. I mean, I'm in the online advertising space. I mean, I started well back before anyone knew about it, what it was in like 2002, 2003. And that was okay. People, you would see these guys go in and they would game the system and make as much money as possible in a six month time frame. Then they'd change their name and they're okay with that. I'm like, what? It's just like you have to kill your company, change your name, start up anew, and then see how much more money you can steal from the next person. And that's exhausting. Why do people think that that's okay? I mean, same thing on LinkedIn. I had a guy reach out to me. He's like, hey, Joshua B., uh, you ever thought about uh, using LinkedIn for leads? I was like, damn it. You know what? I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of asked him a question. I said, man, do you, do you know you're just kind of mass spamming and doing this? There's a better way. You don't have to piss off 999 people to get that one sale of a thousand. And he goes, yeah, but I find that when I do this, it just works a lot better because most people don't respond to me. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? <laughs> what you're saying? There's probably a reason why most people are not responding to you and people don't get it. They're fine in playing this long game. As I tell everyone, the guys that I work with, look, they're selling a lot of high end products and services that add value to this world first and foremost. So they're not looking for that next that person to get them a thousand, ten thousand sales. If that's what you need and do, number one, LinkedIn's not the platform for you. And number two, I'm not the guy for you. There's ten thousand people lined up behind me that are willing to take your money so you can possibly take money from somebody else. But if you're looking to be able to change this world, add value and connect, engage, and educate your audience so they choose to be with you and you don't have to sell them in the first place, I can help you do that. Yeah, I just absolutely love this. Okay, so people are going to be listening to this and they're going to be like, okay, I'm sold. I get the idea. I've got to be a better person when it comes to being online. I've got to get my message in line and LinkedIn might be the right way to go about it. Could you share like, you know, three get started tips for someone who is like, okay, I want to jump into LinkedIn. What do I do? Yeah, first and foremost, the the easiest way. So your profile is the tip of your spear. Like you kind of uh, mentioned earlier, you know, LinkedIn's was purchased by one of the largest companies in the world, um, Microsoft, about two years ago for $24.6 billion. One of the biggest things is, look, they have products all over the place. So with them being able to go in, it was the largest purchase and they've seen their largest return. So they're really doubling down on LinkedIn. They're going to be using all the information you have in your profile, first and foremost, across all their platforms from Outlook to Skype to Excel to all the other thousands of programs that Microsoft owns. So this is where most people have forgotten. They went in and they did what most people do, right? Mm-hmm. They set up their profile, they used it as a resume and they walked away. And they're hoping, cool, yeah, it's going to work. So that's the, what I say. That your profile, if you do what I'm teaching and I teach my clients to do, that's your tip of your spear. That's what you really need to start with. So one, easy enough. Everyone can do this. 
find a nice solid background and take a professional picture of yourself. Headshot. It's not Instagram. It's not Facebook. So I don't need to see you, you know, surfing (laughs) or riding your four wheeler or anything like that. It is a professional platform. We are going human to human, but they want to be able to see we're dealing with a higher, more educated audience and the average income on LinkedIn comparably to companies like Twitter. Twitter, I think it's like 58,000 a year right now. Facebook's around 61,000 a year. Average income on LinkedIn is around $118,000 a year. All of those numbers, by the way, blow me away. They're significantly higher than I expected. Well, I think the median household income across the United States is 63000 a okay. year. Okay, so this is household income, not individual user. Right. So think okay. that's household. So, But think about that though, right? I mean, the average incomes just on those are below the, the median household income. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's just those different pieces of what you're looking at. I want to make sure I can target an audience. So first and foremost, have a solid picture. Number two, after someone sees your picture, they're visible. You know, we all connect with people visually. So you want to be able to have that right picture. Number two is your title. Most people go in, they're like, oh, business owner, uh, sales rep, whatever their title might be at their company. They're still thinking in the mindset of this is a place that I put my resume. But this is your first opportunity to really be able to connect with someone. So what I go with that I really believe allows people to understand because it's again, I'm working with the human condition. So I'm trying to work within those parameters of how does someone interact and connect it with other human beings. So it's my title starts with, and I recommend everyone, I help X to achieve Y so they can do Z. The reason why we do this is right. X is our avatar. It's our client. It's the ideal person we want to work with. So we're, we're polarizing. We're telling people exactly who we can help. You know, X, Y is basically what we do for those clients. And then Z is why they buy is the outcome. People don't realize they almost kind of sell on what they do and who they are. And they don't sell on what their results achieve for that person. This is why people buy the decision on emotional decisions. And this is your opportunity to be able to get in their face and be able to draw them in. Yeah, I just think that's amazing, man. There's something similar I use when I do marketing. We'll often be like, how to get ABC without the pain of X. And I love any time that you can summarize a message that simply. And that's it, right? I mean, you've got to be able to say what you do, talk about who you do it for and evoke an emotion, which is the result. People buy an emotion. You look at things in emotional standards. I mean, this is why when I'm talking about posting too, I mean, so many people try to be... When you're posting online, you need to be polarizing. So this is your, the next thing I want to just be able to go on. People are so like, I'm going to be trying to be indifferent towards everyone. I want to just... I don't want to affect anyone. I'm just going to make statements that don't push... No. People buy because they love or hate something. They make decisions because they buy or love or hate something. If you just are indifferent towards everything... You're not only wasting your time, but they're wasting theirs and they're not going to be able to move forward on anything. So you have to be polarizing with your audience. Same thing with your, your headline, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's so true. Because yeah, anytime you're just standing in the middle of the road, no one's ever going to read it and be like, yes, no. I align with that. Or no, I don't align with it. So I'm going to fight against it. Yeah, you, you've got to have those. You've got to have your haters and your people that are going to follow up and be able to stand on your side. So I mean, I love that it's I look at emotional decisions in this, this kind of scenario, right? If I held up a $1 bill, Adam, and a, or a $100 bill, you have an additional different emotional attachments to each bill, even though the paper that they're printed on is exactly worth the same. Mm-hmm. And we all know that there's not enough money in the bank to actually back up either one of them. I think we're close to about a trillion dollars in debt. So it's the emotional ties that we have to each bill that gives it if it's significance. So it's the same kind of scenario when you're online. You've got to be able to 
to get someone to make an emotional decision that actually is based on education and, you know, just will that they want to be able to move forward with you. I'm going to take my podcast in a different direction just for a second, Joshua. I'm going to share something with you about uh, the, the value of a bill and the emotional value. So as you know, and uh, as many of my listeners probably know, um, one of my other businesses, I'm a dating coach and uh, I will often take high-end clients into gentlemen's clubs. And uh, we always joke about the value of a bill because we talk about how a $1 bill is the lowest value. And then after that, you probably have the five, then there's the 20, but the next value bill is actually the $2 bill. And then there's the $100 bill. And my clients are always like, wait, why is the $2 bill worth more than the 10 or the 20 or the 50 or what have you? And I'm like, because there is an emotional value because of the rarity of a $2 bill and how often you see them, that if you tip with a $2 bill, you'll often get a lot more attention than somebody tipping with other bills just because it's so rare. And it's the emotional value that makes them get drawn to it versus the financial value. No, you're 100% correct. I've, uh, I used to do this in... I stopped. It was an interesting experiment. I went out and got, I think, $100 and $2 bills. And that's what I would use when I would tip. And it was interesting to be able to see the people's reaction when they saw that comparably. It would, I could actually give them less. And they love it more. It's and they so love it more. I mean, most, so many people. My son, he gets them. He collects them and puts them in. A, I used to as a kid. I would collect those anytime I saw them. I'd have a little stack in the back and never touch them. Yep. And what I love about this, like we were saying like with the job titles, if I see sales rep... It's going to be the same as every other sales rep I've ever seen. I've already made a decision about who you are, the personality type you have, what I can or can't get out of you. But the minute I see someone that's like, I help business owners increase their sales via this one method or what have you, then I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, exactly. So they can focus on other areas of their business knowing that I'm handling that. I'm like, oh, that sounds a lot more interesting than a sales rep even though it's just exactly what sales rep does. And you can self-identify, right? I mean, at that point, like, oh, that's me. He's talking about me. And that's the piece. You've got to be able to distinguish yourself from everyone else in the masses. And I mean, that's the beautiful thing that I love about LinkedIn. The vehicle that it is right now is you can actually be able to stand out. I mean, you've got amazing people, Ariana Huffington, Gary Vaynerchuk, and many, many others that are they're saying right now, this is your time to be able to get on that platform and actually add value. And the organic reach that you have on LinkedIn right now is like Facebook circa 2008, 2009. And everyone on Facebook right now is like, how do I increase my reach? And it's like, it's easy. Go to LinkedIn. Now, one of the things that um, I talk about, of course, is the, the power of cross-platforming, which people don't really realize as well, which is if you have each of these platforms in essence is like its own individual island. And a lot of people go to that island and they'll be like, how do I get everyone on this island to like me? And what they don't realize is if they rocked up on the island, but brought a thousand people with them from a different island, all the people on the island would be like, whoa, who's this person that just turned up with a thousand people? And the, uh, the social media algorithms are looking for that. Facebook is looking for people that are taking people from Snapchat and driving them to Facebook. And that is where it's choosing to show its organic views. It's like, wow, this person's continually bringing views from Snapchat. Let's make sure this person is seen by Facebook. And in the same way, if you go to LinkedIn and you tell all your social media, hey, look, we're going to LinkedIn, the LinkedIn algorithm is going to wake up a little bit on you significantly more than anywhere else and be like, wow, this person's driving a lot of traffic to our website from other social media sites. And that's the piece, right? I mean, you're 100% correct. So many people, it's, I had this conversation with a good friend of mine, Stephen, the other day. He runs an amazing group. And he's one of my clients as well for entrepreneurs. 
And we're increasing. I said, man, look, you got 13,000 veterinarians in your group on Facebook. Why don't we help everyone out? Bring them all over. Tell them we're working to build advocacy. But it's the whole scenario, right? If you're at a, like I said, I was at ACL this weekend, right? So you see that one person dancing along. You're like, ah, there's someone crazy. Or they're just dancing by themselves. But as soon as that second person comes in, you're like, there's two people dancing. Now other people are able to go in. So how do you actually bring those another more people with you that are already your advocates and be able to rise up together? And that's a great way to be able to do it. LinkedIn sees that. They're looking for people that are engaging, connecting and drawing people in and having the likes, comments and shares, not so much the views. And you can be able to do that because you already have that. We've spent years doing them other platforms. You can bring that over to LinkedIn and be able to let, be able to work that in your favor for everyone involved. Yeah, I just, I think that's so killer. So let's talk about one little secret source thing. What is this LinkedIn score, your, your profile score thing? LinkedIn, the SSI score, the social selling index. This is what always gets me to when people come in, they go, oh man, I've got a LinkedIn guy. I said, cool, what's your SSI score? They go, what's that? <laughs> I go, you got a LinkedIn guy, huh? Uh, <laughs> they probably should have started off with that. Because I mean, the beautiful thing is, I mean, you look at Facebook, we spent years getting all these likes on our pages. And now we have to pay to get in front of them. It's a very pay to play platform, unless you know, amazing things like you that to be able to take them from Snapchat to Facebook and around. Mm-hmm. But most people don't get that stuff. So LinkedIn is truly organic reach is amazing. And it's all based around what is called the SSI score. You can go to standoutauthority.com slash SSI, or you can just look up SSI score on Google and log into your LinkedIn and you can see your scores. People don't realize that they're an algorithm. They want you to do, truly be able to help and do true social selling, which is engaging, educating, inspiring, not taking your same spammy techniques that you used offline and on email and then moving on social and going, yay, I'm social selling. No, you're just spamming people still. <laughs> so with the LinkedIn SSI score, here's the gamut, right? It goes zero to 100. If you're between the zero and 30, it's kind of like back in the day with your SAT scores. I don't know if I'm aging myself or not, but if you put your name on it, you got 300 points. They're like, yay, good job. You got, you put your name on it. That's kind of like with LinkedIn. If you went set up a profile and walked away, your score is probably zero to 30. LinkedIn's like, cool, you're on the platform. Yep. From 30 to 70, this is, you're looking around, you're, you're browsing, you're kind of like, you know, you're window shopping, right? They see that you're doing it. So you're probably within zero or 70. They're like, nah, he's not really doing everything they need, but he's at least interacting. Now, when you get that 70 and above, LinkedIn goes, man, this person's commenting, sharing, adding value, doing what we want to be able to make this platform where, it, where it's going. We want to help them out. So they're going to see that and your score gets over 70. They're going to start promoting you more organically across their entire platform, giving you more reach, allowing you to connect with more individuals. And there's an easy way to be able to do that. Yeah, this is like a numerical way of seeing how well you're doing. Yeah. I mean, this is what we need to be able to see. I mean, look, it's not a definitive, but I mean, it is a major driving factor to be able to kind of show and be able to check in and go, all right, where am I at? Am I doing the things that I need to do? And this is the front end side. I mean, you and I have talked, right, Adam? I mean, it's, it kind of goes and this gets you where you're going, but it's not going to close the deal for you. There's many things that we help our clients with on backside, but this is going to get you at least to the show. Yep. So there's four things that I tell everyone to do on a daily basis that within 30 days, and I mean, I've taken like, look, I, I took Dan Sullivan from zero because when we started, he had no profile to well over, I think almost an 85 with less than 30 days. And I mean, I've, I've, helped, I've helped other people like Mike Koning. I mean, other guys like that. I mean, 
be able to really ramp their score, which gives them massive organic reach. So I'm excited because obviously we're about to start doing mine too. So I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, look, I'm in your profile on occasion and I'm like, all right, you know, we're going to get this. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I, it's about a, a couple of weeks ago, I helped you get your first connection. I was like, yay. <laughs> but no, man, it's uh, so here's the things that we're going to be looking at. It's first and foremost, you need to be able to do a one post a day. That's, you know, of adding value. Now, when I talk about posting, I want to kind of stop the four things I'm going to tell you and just kind of go into posting. Because it is so super important to be able to follow I kind of rule of thumb that I, I've seen work time and time again. And this, is, this isn't just on LinkedIn. This isn't on... This can be across any social platform. Have you ever heard of the 10-20-70 rule? I mean, well, I think you have because I've maybe yeah. talked about it. But so 10-20-70 rule is 10% personal. Look, it, LinkedIn's not Facebook. All right? So we, I don't need to put on there, you know, hey, here's the first day of my kids going to school. But... People connect with other human beings. We don't connect. We don't just buy from brands just because you buy from other people. You connect with other people. So you need to be able to share a little bit about yourself and allow them to be able to get to know you as a human first. On your posting, 20% of it needs to be company. Things that add value that your company has done for other human beings, other clients. Now, the reason why we say 20% of your posting needs to be about this, main reason is because, look, we don't want to be that guy in the room that's always talking about themselves. They're like, oh, Dude, there's Josh again. God, every time I see the guy, he talks about LinkedIn. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Now we can we can say that about Adam because we're like, oh, there's Adam, dude. That guy talks about picking up ladies all the time. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really just depends on you know what you're into, but you don't want to be that person. And then seventy percent of your posts need to be just adding value, being a curator of content. So think Yahoo back in the day, where it was an aggregator of content. We went there daily to be able to get all the information we were looking at, looking for that was specific for us. So that's what you want to be able to do on the platform. You want to be able to add value from other people and educate your audience. And even though it's not your content, as the audience comes in and gets educated and realizes they have this issue or problem that you're educating them on by taking in content from other people, they will go to you for the solution as well. So... I just wanted to kind of make sure I went into that because it's like, I just tell people to post, they're going to start You're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> they're going to do the wrong thing. So I, I have to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm clear as possible. So one post, so back to the four things, back to the four things. First and foremost, one post a day, add value to your audience. Number two, I want you to reshare someone else's post that's an influencer with your marketplace that adds value to your audience. Number three, I want you to like someone else's posts that's either an influencer or a potential avatar, you know, client. And then number four is I want you to comment on someone else's post that is an influencer within your marketplace that you can add value to their post. Because we want to be able to add value to someone else's because there's, if they're an influencer in their space and you add value to their post based on giving a comment back, other people will come to you. So that's one post, one reshare, one comment, one like. Every single day, if you do that, in less than 30 days, you will be within the LinkedIn algorithm and you will start seeing massive organic reach within your posts. And that's like a couple of minutes a day. And you, once you get it down, I mean, you can do it less than five, 10 minutes a day. I mean, it's that fast to be able to go through. You can kind of almost even batch it earlier in the week. But look, the biggest thing is shine through. Let your, you know, post videos, go in, share who you are and don't just kind of copy and paste someone else's stuff. I want to be able to understand. I want to see you. Remember that whole polarizing thing. Tell me why this works, why it doesn't, what, who you like, what you don't like. 
all these things because you want to be able to draw in your tribe. Yeah, I freaking love this. So Joshua, one of the big things, I think you've given a ton of value just, you know, but I love asking people something that, you know, that has helped them, you know, be a better business owner or, or you know, be more successful in life. Um, something that, you know, beyond LinkedIn, what would you say is like a golden nugget that you could give people that you think would really make a big difference in somebody's life? All right. So this is something that has changed my life. I mean, I've, as I said, I've had my amazing house, but I've had downs as well. And there's different pieces that be able to drive us. So we all have a phone, right? I mean, everyone's got a phone these days that has a camera. So the biggest thing is the most powerful app on your phone that I think is your camera. And the way that I use it is this. You've made to-do lists, right, Adam? Written things down. What's the value of that piece of paper once you've written whatever you've written on it? I'm going to answer. It actually depends how often you use it. I know a lot of people will write something down and then that's it. And so to them, that piece of paper is not only not worth anything, it's almost less than nothing. Whereas I think if you use it, then it could almost be priceless if you're actually going through the task list. Truly the value of that paper is, is still a piece of paper. Sure. And this is, as, as human beings, it's hard, even though we write things on there, we still see it as a piece of paper. And sometimes we're like, oh, we're going to get to that. Oh, you know what? I didn't get to that today, so I'll get to it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So the problem is no matter what we do on it, we still see it as a piece of paper that we've written things on that one way or another, yeah, it's going to kind of affect us, but it's not massive. So I kind of flipped it around. I take my phone and with everything, I'm looking at the human condition, just like I work online, just, I'm, just as I work with other individuals, in my coaching, I look at it this way. The more, that I, more senses I use, one, the more it's going to impact me. And two, I hold myself accountable more than anyone else. So the biggest thing that you can be able to do is be able to take out your phone and be able to do this. I, look, I take out my phone every morning like, look, I don't touch my phone. One of the biggest things that's also changed is the biggest thing that most people look for when they wake up is their phone. And they set precedence that the outside world is more important than them by going in, looking at social, looking at email, all that kind of stuff. And I believe that the outside world doesn't make me successful. I make me successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I start off my day looking at the outside world, the world didn't stop turning. It didn't blow up. It's still there. I can let my phone and not touch it for about an hour or two before I get up and allow me to be the focal point of my life. That will give me the power moving forward. But but once I do pick up that phone and I think of five things starting off that I know without a shadow of a doubt that I can accomplish that day. And I go in and I go, Josh, and I take up the phone. I took the camera on and I record myself. I said, Josh, today you are going to do X, Y, Z. I don't care if it's walking the dog, using the restroom, giving your wife a kiss taking your kids to school, easy things that without a shadow of a doubt, you know you can accomplish. And at the end of the video, I go, Josh, congratulations on accomplishing all your goals today. So that's the video, right? Mm -hmm. The reason why I do this is because most of us do not go to bed feeling accomplished. And if you don't go to bed feeling accomplished, you don't wake up with the power to accomplish more the next day. But if you could go to bed every single night feeling accomplished, it will change the way you sleep and it'll change the way you wake up in the morning. So as I know I do these things right before I go to bed, I take out that phone and I watch that video and I hear and I see myself, the person that I hold more accountable than anyone else say, congratulations on accomplishing goals that I knew I accomplished today. It's truly life-changing to be able to go to bed feeling accomplished every day, no matter what happens, even if you broke your leg that day, right? Dude, I gotta throw this to you. You know Hal Elrod, right? I do, yeah. Bro, you gotta write the accomplished evening as like the counterpart to the miracle morning. 
Well, that's what I got to get. I mean, how wrote the, uh, the afterword of my book balance is bullshit. We play volleyball on the weekend. So you have to come out and play volleyball. With them. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen you guys do that actually. The, the beach volleyball in the park. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah, no, I'd love to. Yeah, man, you got to get the accomplished evening. I love that. I think it's a great idea. But I mean, dude, it, it truly is being able to go in and do these things and you can up the game, right? As you get accomplished and you're going and you get these things and you're like, oh, okay, well today I'm going to, and you keep leveling up as you go, but you've got to start out first just feeling accomplished and being able to go through your day without really thinking about knowing that these things get done. It, it changes the trajectory of your life. And at the same point, the cool thing is one, if you can look yourself in the mirror and say that you're going to accomplish something and know you do it every single day, you can look anyone in the mirror, tell anyone anything and feel confident about what you're saying because we hold ourselves more accountable than anyone else. And two, dude, you're doing video every day. Guess what's more important on platforms like LinkedIn, Facebook, <laughs> all the than anything before. If you, the better that you can actually re- record yourself and talk to others, in that camera, the better. So it's a, like a, a triple play right there because every single day you're practicing talking into the camera. Yeah, dude, I love this. And it's actually it's an exercise that we get a lot of our content creators through is to make sure they make a video every day, whether they do anything with it or not. So at this point, I'm hoping that, you know, people listening to this are, are inspired to want to at least dabble with LinkedIn. Now, you know, the hard thing is it's hard to work with you because you really do work with the biggest and best names out there, like the Joe Polishes and Abraham's all these guys like, you know, who pay a large sum of money to have you help them. But I do know, I don't know how comfortable you are offering it. I know that you sometimes have invitational trainings that you put on. Is that something that you're willing to share that if somebody wanted to maybe connect with you? Yeah, man. I mean, that was the thing, right? I mean, as I, as I said, there's too much bad information going out there right now. I didn't want to just limit myself to the clients that I work with. I, I want it because I mean, I share as much as possible on my LinkedIn profile. I mean, I try and give free value on a daily basis on that platform. But as you and I know, free value is just that and there's no value in it a lot of times for most people because they didn't put any any money into it. And that's where most of us hold the value. So over time, and I was convinced, especially with my wife, because she came in on this with me as well, we put together a LinkedIn Authority Accelerator that really is for every entrepreneur, every business. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing. I mean, if you're trying to be on LinkedIn, we put this together to be able to go through all the main things that are really going to give you the most impact right now on LinkedIn without having us, you know, really running the entire thing for you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great. I mean, it, it's, it's something that I've, I've never offered before. And I'm used to working with my clients one-on-one. I, I hate massive groups like, Hey, come in this group training. We're going to do it. And this can be 500 people listening to this one person. No, I didn't want to do that either. So our groups have no more than 10 people per group. We do these classes six weeks and uh, it's, it's been pretty amazing. And we're just getting that started out right now. I absolutely love it. I'm going to learn more about LinkedIn from Joshua. And uh, once again, thank you so much. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit the smartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.